everybody. So we are here. It's very exciting. We are here to talk about the latest comic book movie. We're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. And my friend Trevor is here from How to Love Comics. And introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Trevor from How to Love Comics. Um, we're, I'm a website all about how to get into comics. If you want to get into them, answer your questions, and just make things easy for you. Because comics can be confusing. It's like, what is this and what is that? I make it easy for you. He really, really does. And so I'm really excited to talk about uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And uh, first, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the comics. I did read a few comics to get ready. Um, And one thing I wanted to know is how has Spider-Man evolved over the years as far as the comic books? I, I got the impression that he's been more consistent than, say, like, Batman, you know, where Batman's had all these different, uh, or even Wonder Woman or whatever, has had all these different uh, versions, and some are darker, some are lighter, whatever. Uh, that, that's not really the case with Spider-Man? Is that uh, agree with that? When Spider-Man was first created, it was very much meant to be a young hero. And um, throughout the years, I think Marvel has made him allowed to be a bit more older. Okay. So at first, like when we started, he was in high school. And then 30 issues later, we see him transition into college and then the workforce. And I think mm-hmm. so that's how he's evolved is through age more than anything. And stories because of that, because because of the way the medium worked, uh, stories were by default, they're um, quite lighthearted but they allowed to enter some a bit more darker and some different tones throughout the years especially when you sort of hit the 80s where comics were starting to get a bit darker so there's some more tragedy or for instance when Stacy dying in the 70s which was a big deal at the time so it sort of evolved in tone and but then people wanted a young spider-man again so there's been times well and also things like he got married to Mary Jane, so that's sort of how he's evolved in that sense. Um, but then, fans demand. When did he start working for like it's the Daily Bugle, right? Yep. When did he start like in J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson, and all that? Yeah, that was very early on. That was sort okay. of like from issue two or three onwards. Okay, so he was a high yeah, school so, student working. Yeah, the- so he was just trying. Yeah, he was sort of like a freelance. He was able to find you know get pictures of his you know, of Spider Man pretty easily, so you get some pretty good cash. Hmm. <laughs> cool. And would you say that that Spider Man is Marvel's most popular character? I'd say so. He's probably been the most consistently selling, always mm-hmm. the the up there at the top. Um, the X Men probably did take the um, the reins from the early eighties onwards, but Spider Man sort of consistently up there. Okay. Now, in the Miles Morales, that's fairly recent, correct? Yeah, so that's probably in the last six, seven years he's sort of come on the scene. Okay. And there's other versions of Spider-Man. There's like a Spider-Gwen or something like that or different? Yeah, so there's sort of different. So Spider-Gwen is um, if Gwen Stacy had become Spider-Man instead. So it's a different sort of universe. It's Mm. more of a what-if kind of thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, and then there's obviously Spider-Woman and all these different spider although Spider-Woman was sort of a creation of um, Marvel in terms of making sure that they can't, um, but when the TV rights 
were around, like mm-hmm. in the 70s, that the TV people couldn't make a Spider-Woman and then own the character, so Marvel did it before they could. <laughs> so the, the, the Spider-Man, I guess, rogue, that, uh, rogue villains... The, the you've Rogue got, Gallery, yeah. Yeah, Rogue Gallery, you've got uh, Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, uh, Venom, uh, yep. some of the other big ones. So I guess um, uh, Mysterio is another one, and we've got the Scorpion. There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of different tiers, but it, it, just like Batman, he has a lot of different villains. So we have things like um, obviously like Doctor Octopus, like you said. We have um, Electro. We have uh, Morbius, the the living vampire. We there's also just you know the, your general crooks, you know just mm. the blue collar criminals and. Yeah, there's a the very like the big deep pool they can go with. Okay, cool. So evidently in this movie they go quite a quite far away from the comics in in some of the casting and some other things. How do you I guess reconcile that as a comic book fan? Is that hard for you? Uh not really. I mean it's the, the the particular characters that they have done with some were more interesting in terms of decisions than others. I've seen uh, some people complain about um, Flash Thompson being a bit of a bit of a yeah he's sort of meant to be a jock in the comics, but right. here he's a bit of um, sort of an alpha nerd you could almost say with a pretty immature. Um, I don't mind that so much because. The, the, in the comics, the character progresses on to be the um, first incarnation of um, Venom, where I doubt that's going to happen in the movies. And I think he's just going to be a, a pretty small character throughout. He's just there, there to be the jerk. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Um, Ned Leeds was an interesting choice, though, because he sort of plays the role of our character who was Miles Morales' best friend, Gengi. Um, although in the comics, Ned Leeds is also, um, was a reporter at the Daily Bugle, uh, who then later on became the Hobgoblin, which was like a Green Goblin-like uh, villain. Okay. But he was like the third incarnation of it, so, which is a weird choice. So, mm. um, I don't mm. know why they chose to do that. Maybe they want to open it up for a sequel or in one of the sequels where that character transitions into something like that, but it's a weird choice. And um, hmm. it, if you could stew on these things as much as you like, but it's sort of, it, it, it otherwise, if you start chewing, chewing on it, it starts ruining the movie over something, right. which isn't that really a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I forgot to mention up front that this is spoiler filled uh, podcast. So if you haven't seen the movie, Spoilers. Yeah, don't listen or watch this. Uh, So, yeah, because they also, at the very end, they have a reveal. We'll talk a little bit more about it, about uh, that Michelle is Mary Jane. There are some people who, or was MJ, as I say. MJ, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some people were pretty annoyed about that. Uh, But have they ever, has Mary Jane always been white and red hair and the whole thing? Yeah, pretty much. It's just okay. always sort of that's been the constant where she's you no know, red hair, especially the red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting choice. I don't know where they're going to go with that, and I understand they didn't want to put why they wouldn't want to put Mary Jane in the um, 
movies because then it sort of starts retreading um, the the whole Sam Raimi movies. Right. But we'll see where that goes with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So what do you think of the previous five films? All right. Do you have sort of strong opinions about them? Yeah, well, it's been a long time since I've seen the, the Raimi ones, but I remember at the time really enjoying the first two. The third mm-hmm. one, and because they hit, they hit all the the right notes. They hit, um, they feel like Spider Man, and it, you got Peter Parker struggle. Yeah, you got the you got the, the the romance element in it too, which is very it was very important in the the early in the early days. There was a lot of teen drama, a lot of romance, but you've also got all the you got some big swinging um, uh, villains as well. Where you got you got the you got the Green Goblin, you've got the Doctor Octopus, you got Sandman. Well, that's in the third one, mm-hmm. and then you get them as well. But the third one, it was a bit of a mess. They they they, they tried to they, they put too much into it. They could have taken a story out, and it would have been a better film, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. As for the Amazing Spider Man. Um, they're okay, but they're, they're definitely not as good as the Raimi ones. And yeah, there's mm-hmm. some interesting choices I didn't like, and did, and there was a lot of things where they felt like they retread um, the Raimi films, and they didn't really need to, or they went on this weird tangent which they didn't like. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, so the the first Raimi film, I have to say, I don't feel like it holds up super well. I watched it recently, and I don't know. It feels it feels really young. Like I don't know. It just feels like a little Power Ranger, especially towards the end. It's very campy, and I think that's sort of Sam Raimi's style. And yeah, uh, but there are good moments. It's not a bad movie. It's just it didn't. It wasn't quite as good as I remembered it. I guess. But then yeah, it probably I, hasn't aged well, yeah. Yeah. And then, but I think that Spider-Man 2 holds up amazingly well. The writing is just solid. It has emotion. It has Peter having to make choices that are really hard. And I think Dr. Octopus is just so great. Alfred Molina is a great actor. He has, like, real motivation as far as his wife. And, uh, and it makes sense why he would be angry at Peter. I, I, so I think amazing. I think Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite comic book movies. Yeah. Really good. Spider-Man three. I agree with you. It's just very messy. Uh, it's, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think very well. And there's some interesting things in there. It's, it, it's watchable, I guess, but it's, you have to put up with a lot. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <clears throat> Amazing Spider-Man, I'm not, I don't really care for either of those movies. I just think that, I don't know, I just don't connect with them. I feel like uh, Andrew Garfield has always felt kind of smug to me uh, in the yeah, role. Yeah, he's a much more smug, yeah. And so he's I don't, a, yeah. He was a younger Spider-Man, which I liked, but yeah, he was a bit of a dick at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And I hate Electro. I thought Electro was so annoying. I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. He was so yeah. annoying to me. And uh, so that really ruined Amazing Spider-Man 2 for me. And all the, like, all the, it felt like you were being, watching an advertisement for an upcoming movie more than an actual story. And I hate that. Oh, yeah. There was all that Sinister Six setup, which yeah. they won't go anywhere now anyway, probably. And the Rhino and everything. I don't know. It's just, and and the weird, I the, the, um, 
Harry, the Harry plot line just didn't work. I don't know. It was no, just... well, it, they didn't need to do that again anyway because uh, they'd already done it in the in the Raimi films. Right. Yeah. So I don't really like those movies. I don't think they, they work very well. Uh, so I was really excited for this movie to come along. And I was looking forward to it. Of course, we got the merging of Sony and uh, Marvel in this project. And uh, what were your overall thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming? I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Um, it was very, it very much felt like Spider-Man. You have a, a especially the early uh, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, John Romita kind of era, which is of that first uh, hundred issues of the, in the sixties, the, the young sort of um, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, he's sort of, uh, inexperienced still, still learning and it's, it's lighthearted and, um, but you know, it still has some weight to it as well, which was, I thought was quite, quite good. Um, had a lot of, um, homages to certain, uh, stories, which I thought didn't feel tacked on, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sometimes they can just do them for the sake of doing them and they don't always work, but no, that was, they did quite well. And, um, yeah, it is, but and I like the fact that it was a smaller story as well. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel um, didn't they didn't go all out in the first um, movie, which is good too. Yeah, I I also enjoyed it. I feel like the hyperbole is very strong in this movie. Uh, around this movie, you know, it's got a very high Rotten Tomato score. People are saying it's the best Spider Man movie ever, ever released. These kind of things. So it's like. I have to separate because I don't agree with that. I don't think, I don't like it that much, but I certainly enjoyed it. And I thought it was a solid, fun, entertaining film. And so. (laughs) I mean, they're always going to try and hype up Spider-Man because Spider-Man's a license to print money almost. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, if people enjoyed it that much, then more power to them. But I I had some issues and some things I, I wish that had been done better, but. I like most movies, <laughs> but I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it also. So I, it's, it's right in there. I would say in my middle, higher, middle to higher Marvel movies, I, I like Doctor Strange more than most. So I'd probably put this just behind, I'd probably put this behind Doctor Strange, but ahead of Ant-Man. So which are both okay. movies I enjoy very much. So Not there cool. you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so it starts out the movie with there's sort of two setups that you get. You have the home video from Peter, kind of that's sort of in a way, kind of a sort of an origin, like a recap, maybe for people that haven't watched Civil War in a long time or never watched Civil War. Yeah, it's some, it's some clever exposition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, so you like that? That was kind I of like fun. that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it sort of fit within that whole teenage kind of uh, character as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was a really fun way to kind of get you to know Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Because, or it is a way to get to know Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Because in Civil yeah. War, we only saw him as Spider-Man. True. You know, he drops True, in. Yeah. Says, hey, everyone. And so, are you a fan of Civil War? Did you like Civil War? I really enjoyed Civil War, yeah. Yeah, me too. So that was kind of fun to sort of see his perspective and, and you get to see him, his interactions with Happy and with Tony and all that, that, that was a lot of fun. And then you also get this other setup 
with, uh, with the vulture, uh, and it's eight years previous, right after the Battle of New York. He's there cleaning. He's a salvage guy. And he gets shut down by, his name is Adrian Toombs, and he gets yep. shut down by the Department of Damage Control, uh, which is run by Tony Stark. And, uh, and this is really devastating to him because he's put a lot of money into this. And so turns out he decides, he decides then to become like an underground arms dealer, basically. Yeah, so he's sort of working on the black market. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think of that? That was interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's an interesting way of actually uh, setting up the character because the character's always very, very much been like a blue-collar kind of villain. But the way that, and, and, and it's a, way, a good way of um, introducing all these crazy devices into the universe mm. without having to um, sort of uh, go too left the field. Um, cause it's all these things where it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. If it's alien technology from this, they could probably retrofit it. Yeah. Um, I like the way that he, um, yeah, it was good in terms of, I like the idea that, um, damage control, which is a reference in the comics, it's done differently in terms of what it was. It's very much, it was meant to be a comedy kind of uh comic where they cleaned up after the, the all the, um, superhero fights. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was good. The good way to setting them up quickly, um, with the not too much, um, laborious sort of pathway and yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought that I thought it was good. I liked it, but my only complaint, cause I've heard a lot of people say that Vulture is like the greatest villain since sliced bread. And I, I don't, I mean, he's fine. I thought he was fine, but I don't understand why people are people are saying he was better than Loki and stuff, and I'm just like, really? Because to me, <laughs> there has been a <laughs> there has been a common trope within Marvel films that you have the villain is a businessman of some kind who gets spurned by the Avengers in some way, gets angry and 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 fights back against the whether it's whether it's Jeff Bridges in the Iron Man movie, whether it's Darren Cross in Ant-Man, whether it's yeah. whoever that guy was in Iron Man 3. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, aside from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like practically all of the Marvel villains have been men in a suit, whether it's the Robert Redford character in Winter Soldier. You had, <laughs> there's a long yeah. list of these. And, and so I, I guess I, to me, he just seemed like a normal Marvel villain. I, I enjoyed it. It was fine, but I, I just don't understand why people loved him so much. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton seems to get a lot of love. <laughs> yeah, so. And he's in this renaissance at the moment where he can't do no wrong at the moment. So maybe that's it. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I, I, I didn't grow up with Batman in 89. Just, I, oh, I didn't really? see it until last year. I didn't really care for it to be honest. Um, and so I guess I just didn't grow up like the first I time I, first time I saw Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. It was very scary. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I grew up with uh, Batman 89 on VHS, and I watched it a fair bit. So maybe that's 
maybe. I don't know. I just think he's being a little, the hyperbole is strong, but he's fine. Anyway, uh, it's just funny because, like, yeah, Marvel does love this sort of man in a suit, but this is sort of a blue collar version yeah. of the villain in a suit. He's definitely much more blue collar. Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> he's, he's working with his hands and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting to see how they've, what they've done in the movie with him, though, because the, uh, in the comics, he was he was the very first um, uh, Spider-Man supervillain, mm. all the way back in Amazing Spider-Man number two. But he's oh, also this geriatric old guy um, in a in a in a vulture suit, pretty much. This is like a green suit with a puffy kind of neck, sort of like a vulture, and uh, wings. And he'd often he'd just fly, flap around, and steal things. So, th- in terms of how do you translate that into a movie without looking um, dodgy? Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, really silly. That I reckon they did quite well in terms of that yeah. sort of um, metal, the metal wings with the turbines. Yeah, those were cool. The the metal wings were very cool, and oh, I do definitely. like that they gave him some motivation. I think that's good. Yeah, you definitely need some motivation <laughs> it, mm-hmm. beyond just I want to steal things, which yeah, I just greed. Healy yeah. has family and stuff. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Zemo in Civil War. Like his motivation is family. Uh, so it added kind of a layer there uh, that, you know, that he had. And so, yeah, he was, he was, he was good. And so let's see. Uh, what did you think of Happy and Tony in, in this film? Yeah. So I'll start, I'll start with Tony Stark first. Um, uh, he was in a lot of the marketing. It was, right. it was very much a sell. Tony Stark, Iron Man is going to be in this movie and the trailer made it look like he was going to be in, you know, all of the movie where he's going to be in all the time. He's going to be hanging out with Spider-Man all the time. But luckily, and I, and I was put off by that. It's like, well, you don't need that much Tony, uh, that much Iron Man to right. sell Spider-Man. Um, luckily it wasn't like that. And he really is in there for less than 10 minutes of the movie all up. But I liked that he, he sort of acted as the Uncle Ben of the, um, of, for, for this particular Spider-Man in terms of not so much in having a tragedy, but being the father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I like that because you can't retread Uncle Ben again because it's right. been done. It's already been done twice. So you got to find okay. a new angle to teach the, uh, responsibility element of being a hero without having to say, um, uh, great power comes great responsibility pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, I was glad we didn't get that again. I was glad we didn't get an origin story again, you know, that oh, they just same, kind of dived yeah. into it. Definitely. And yeah, I, people, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. People, people don't need to know this, need to do the Spider-Man origin again, especially so soon. Yeah. And most people know what the origin is anyway. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, the origin of Batman. We all know, like, yeah. you haven't still haven't seen Batman movie Superman, but no, I, I have seen the first half and then I, <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, they do it again and you're just like, what? Yeah. Oh, and that was so on the nose with the whole, um, <laughs> the, pearls. the pearls wrapped around the gun and then they explode off. Oh, that was right. <laughs> oh, no. oh dear. Yeah, exactly. I actually really liked Tony in this movie. I, I really thought that it felt like a return to the Tony Stark that I knew and loved in Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 and Avengers. 
I feel like we haven't had that sort of quippy, funny kind of Tony in a long time uh, that he's mm-hmm. been ever since Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Civil War, he's been kind of sad and angry and brooding, you know, and, and dealing with yeah. all this stuff with his parents and panic attacks and all this stuff. So it was really fun, I thought, to see sort of Tony again. I'm not sure that it really makes sense if this is supposed to happen after Civil War, and you think of where we left Civil War. Yeah. I don't know if it really really adds up. Maybe he's just having a good week. Who knows? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they, they just didn't want to. Maybe they just didn't want to bog it down too much. By if you start having angry, uh, sort of sad um, Tony again, it, it sort of bogs down and distracts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing him back again because I don't care about I only care about his good movies to be honest if if there were tons of plot holes and the cinematic universe didn't make any sense I really wouldn't care I just care about good movies and uh, but there was other one er- one part of continuity that I, th- I thought was strange because they're moving he's because at the end <laughs> at the end yes. of Civil War the Avengers have disbanded they're done they're over right yeah, well, I guess maybe they're just like half the team is disbanded or, you know, there's only a, a small portion, which is the Tony side of the team. So maybe they're mm-hmm. continuing on it with the Avengers brand without them. Because <laughs> I'm like, why are they moving to this place? Uh, and that place had already existed. Like, yeah, that's saw it in Ant-Man too, yeah. and, and other things. And, and why would they have a press conference to announce a new Avenger? When the well, Avengers are, well, maybe I uh, don't know. Maybe it was bad press having the heroes fighting each other. So it was a matter of, um, you know, something. Oh, you know, it's, it's good PR. <laughs> maybe, maybe that letter the Cap sent him at the end that really, that really did the <laughs> did the ticket. All is yeah. well. <laughs> All is well now. Um, I mean, he's got to get some more brooding back. If, if next time we'll see him, we'll be in Infinity War. Yeah, probably. So, I would think. <laughs> Unless he shows up somewhere else as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get upset again. I don't want that. But anyway, I thought it was nice to see him back to the old old Tony that yeah. I, I like. So, that was fun. Um, and, and it was fun, I think, to see Happy. I, I kind of felt like, boy... You're you're not doing a very good job <laughs> taking care of this kid. <laughs> you're really sucking <laughs> at your job. <laughs> I mean, you can't just respond. Be like, I mean, how long does it take to be like, uh, cool it, kid, or something like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes through those text messages and it's like, no response, no response, no response. Oh yeah, that's right. I guess it maybe when you get to too many, it's like, oh, this is just too bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, the, it was fun to see John Favreau back acting. Yeah, definitely. Because we haven't seen him for a while. I think uh, the the last time I saw him in anything was this little movie called Chef, which I enjoyed very much. Oh yeah, yeah, I cute that. little movie. But I, that's one of the great things about the MCU is it's just so rich. I mean, you could have uh, what's his name Falcon appearing in a in Ant Man yeah. or. You know, or just, yeah. it's it's just there's so much talent that has is uh, been a part that they have to 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 use and draw off of and everything like that. So yeah, they got to a point where they can cherry pick characters and people will be excited for it too. Sure, 
that's the thing. It's like you know you could you could chuck in a character and they're like, oh, this guy again. But like you got enough um, depth in there that you can cherry pick who you want into a movie and people will be excited for it too and it doesn't feel tacked in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It just feels like a fun kind of cameo. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So Peter is forced to wait for his next mission, and I kind of wonder. Also, it's like shouldn't they just say like just go live your life and, and we'll call you in like in the form. Just let him know. Like instead of he's waiting every night. Well, well, they sort of said that, you know, just keep doing, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, yeah. pretty sure they did tell him that. And maybe he's just that he's that, he's that eager. He's just very anxious. Yeah. So, okay. So he's very anxious. He, he tells, he tells everybody that he has this Stark internship and he tells Aunt May, he tells everybody. And so let's talk about some of the characters at the high school. And first, yep. there's Michelle. This is Zendaya, is the actress. And we already talked about that they announced at the end that she's her nickname is MJ. MJ. So yeah. calling back to Mary Jane there, yeah. <laughs> wherever yeah. she be, wherever she be, is like a love interest later on, or who knows? But being with the MJ thing, I feel like it might end up. She might end up being a love interest. I would think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I I thought that she did have a few funny moments, but she was just very one note. She was supposed to be the Ali Sheedy character from Breakfast Club, I guess. That yeah. was sort of what they were. And I don't know. It was fine. It was fine, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more with her, given her maybe one nice scene where she's uh has something emotional to say, or I don't know, just something yeah. other than just being sullen the whole time. But I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. She was very one note, but I feel like she did pretty well though. She was just very, you know, all the jokes mm-hmm. were pretty much on, pretty much on tone, um, on hit, hit, mm-hmm. um, hit that right note every time. She sort of, there wasn't, she wasn't in enough of the movie to the point where if she was just doing that one thing, it would just be like tiresome. Yeah. I think, anymore she probably would have been Tyson though yeah and they really could use her as more of an active character than we've seen with Mary Jane in the previous films because on on the Disney channel she's she has a like a secret agent show that she does okay yeah where she you know is fighting and doing different stuff so I I think that if they were creative I think they could actually make her more of an active protagonist, which would be yeah, cool. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull her in, like in for the sequel, she gets pulled in and she knows the identity of um, Spider- Spider-Man, Peter Parker's identity as Spider-Man and she plays sort of that secondary Ned mm-hmm. kind of, you know, friend in, in, in the guy in the chair almost or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, and I liked the fact that they did have such a diverse cast that's great, yeah. especially for a movie that is meant for teenagers because as the target demographic, because it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good experience for kids to go to a superhero movie and see characters who look like them and who they can oh, relate to. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely is. It, it works well and it, and it didn't feel forced either. Some no. people complain that, you know, it's done for the sake of doing it, but um, no, it felt natural because if you, like you go to high school and it's like that already. So, you know, there's a diverse depending where, or I guess depends where you are, but most, especially most in Queens. Yeah. So many Queens is the yeah. melting pot of different cultures. Exactly. And they did capture a real like spirit of New York, which was nice. I really liked just little things like the, uh, the 
the scene in in the uh, sub in the deli. In the deli, yeah. Yeah, and the one, and the, and then when he says, "Oh, well, they have too much bread at this one, and they have too much," you know, though that that really does kind of happen. <laughs> they have their <laughs> their their sandwich place, or their. So I, I thought that was kind of nice. You know, you got a real sense of place, and uh, and yeah, it just felt diverse and interesting, and and uh, I, I think that's good. Um, and then you had Liz, and uh, she was just sort of the girlfriend character. There wasn't a whole lot yeah. to her. Yeah, she was the love interest, although she wasn't like the beauty queen kind of thing where, or like like the model kind of one. She was sort of, you know, she was smart in her own right, sort of academically yeah. smart and everything. So she was, yeah. So she wasn't like a bimbo by any means. So oh, she no. Was, yeah. Yeah, I agreed. They just didn't flush her out no, all that she, much. Yeah. She didn't have a, yeah, she was, wasn't a well-fleshed character. Um, okay, then they had Flash, and you mentioned that he is a different character than in the comic books, but this character was the real miss for me. I thought he was very annoying, and, like, his whole role in is just to be annoying yeah. <laughs> in the movie, you know, just to be a jerk, and you're just like, why are you being a jerk? Like, what? what is your motivation? Like, has he done something to you? I guess he take take his took his spot in the decathlon or whatever math decathlon team or whatever. I don't know. I I just thought he was very obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. But I, I mean, I dealt with people like that in high school in terms of you know they're just like jerks for the sake of being jerks or immature. The whole because I went to an all, all boys school, so oh, the, yeah. the whole the whole penis parker thing. It's sort of the kind of thing I could hear. Going on, that's very high school for me. Brought back memories. Brought back memories. It's the kind of jokes you'd hear in high school with me. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I sort of, I sort of liked it in a in a very lame kind of nostalgic way. It's funny. I mean, that's it's not really creative, funny. isn't it? It's not creative at all. But considering he's fifteen years old, and the characters meant to be fifteen, sixteen, it's sort of like, well, fifteen, sixteen year olds. That's the kind of level of maturity they're at anyway. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I just felt like maybe they just had too much of him. Maybe it was part of the problem. He was in there too yeah. much for a bully character. I mean, he just was like, he, he was a miss to me. I just thought he was, he was annoying, but I know he was supposed to be annoying, but he was too annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and I like the actor. He's in a grand Budapest hotel and I love that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, he also doesn't talk in that movie hardly at all. So maybe that's true. <laughs> That's part of it. I don't know, but um, but I don't know. He was my least favorite character in the movie. It's not Flash. fair enough. Yeah. So, um, and then we have Ned, yeah, and yeah. he was really fun. I thought he was. I thought they had good chemistry. They felt like actual friends, and I, I just thought I liked. I loved the way that both him and Peter were like continually like blown away by everything that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and, it, and that's like very much like that dorky teenager thing to yeah. do as well. Get blown away by all the, you know, they find something cool and they, they fangasm over it. And, and yeah, I, I liked, there was one, uh, one point where it says something like, uh, <laughs> this is, they put their alien, alien tech on, uh, and, and retrofitted or something like that. And then he's like, that's the coolest sentence that has ever been uttered. Yeah. <laughs> I know just that they were just like wow that's awesome but I have to keep going or that's really cool I liked that a lot and I don't know they just seemed like real friends to me yeah, they did yeah it was a, it felt like an organic um, um, friendship 
Yeah. It didn't feel like he was a side character. It's like, oh, okay, we need a friend now. So we'll have some friends, you know, some, someone say something friend-like and he disappears. Yeah. But no, it felt good. Um, I, I really liked that he got that, he got that moment as being the guy in the chair. In the library. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he could just tell how much he was loving it. Um, I really like that joke when he gets caught by the, the oh, teacher. <laughs> he can't, obviously, he can't say what he wants to, wants to, what he's actually doing. So he says the most obvious thing that teenagers are probably doing in the library alone. Yeah, is... that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, he was, he was really, really funny. And so, one of the critiques that I had in my review about this movie is that I didn't feel like there was enough Spider-Man being Spider-Man. Like there was, there was just like, I think one scene of him swinging through the city and the rest was, I felt like there was a lot of scenes of him like crashing into pools and crashing into, you know, backyards and stuff like that. But like, I know I just missed that sort of like, awe and just excitement of like Spider-Man swinging through buildings, you know, and there was just so little of that. And I, I just felt like to me, all the action scenes felt more like Iron Man scenes as as far as the, the way the action was than a Spider-Man scene, like the boat scene, the, some other stuff we'll talk about, like, but I don't know. I just missed that. Did you miss that at all? Yeah. Um, I wonder if there was a on a, a choice that they made intentionally to um, separate themselves from the the other films, which had a lot more of that in there. Um, I guess the whole crashing into things—he's still quite new as Spider-Man. Um, maybe they intentionally did that because they wanted Spider-Man who still still makes mistakes, still you know still make mistakes, still learning. So he's obviously on his training wheel still. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way they showed it and, um, him swimming, swinging through, um, doing all these amazing things through the buildings was more, is it, is there a way later on to show that he's more experienced? Um, who knows? But yeah, it, it doesn't feel as Spider-Man without the whole swing through the building and the fact that Spider-Man's a very, um, co- um, acrobatic, um, character. Yeah. Like if I was 15 and had powers to swing through buildings, I would, I would think you'd just want to do it just for fun. Yeah. Well, they did show a little bit of that in that sort of montage where that after school montage, a little bit, probably. Yeah, a little little bit. bit. Yeah. There's like him trying to, like, it's most like him trying to do stuff as far as like stopping the bike robber and, you know, basically him being bad. (laughs) There's a little (laughs) bit of him swinging there, but that was basically the only time. Yeah. In the movie. Well, I guess a lot of the other parts of the movie, he wasn't really in the city. He was a, a lot of it was in, in the suburbs or in the uh, and and Washington, yeah. which doesn't really have many tall buildings. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, because even in the um, the the Washington uh, Monument scene, he's all of a sudden afraid of heights. It's like, well, that was weird. Yeah, I thought <laughs> that was a bit of a weird. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird thing. I thought that at the same time too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I they tried justif- they tried justifying by saying he hasn't been this high before, but um, still, it's a weird kind of thing. Yeah, I would think some of those buildings in New York are as high as uh, yeah, definitely yeah, because <laughs> that's not that high. 
Uh, I mean, it's tall, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so that was a, a little bit of a, a critique for me. But, um, so Aunt May tells him, if you spot something like that, as far as he, he has this run in with these guys stealing this ATM that have some of these devices. And yeah, she says, if you spot something like that, run the other way. And that's yeah. quite the opposite of the, with great power comes great responsibility. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about Aunt May uh, in this film? Yeah, I didn't mind it. When, when she was first announced um, as being Marissa to May, I was like, well, she feels a bit young because mm-hmm. Aunt May is very much meant to be. It seems it's funny. It's like um, all the characters are getting younger as the um, all these different movies have progressed. Like Peter Parker has got younger, and Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield, now the Tom Holland. The same as Aunt May has even got even younger again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it makes um, sense when you have such a young Spider-Man that Aunt May yeah. would also uh, be younger. Uh, I, I, unless it yeah. was like a, unless it was a great aunt more situation. Yeah. So I think a, she was meant to be, yeah, she's meant to be a great aunt. Um, but I guess they just made her an aunt and then she's just aunt. not, she can be in the, in the four, in her forties and then yeah, that doesn't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, and you can, you can, it's one of those things you can nitpick as much as you like, as long as, you know, the performance is good and all that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So what did you, I, and I did like her. I thought she was good. What do you think of the humor in the movie in general? I say my favorite was the Captain America bits. That was so hilarious. Yeah, were good. <laughs> I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, they were good. And, and the way that it came back at the end with the credits was yeah. so great. Yeah. I'm so good. That's probably my favorite joke in the thing when he's like <laughs> doing the, the presidential fitness you know, thing, or I don't know. That just reminded well, me. I liked it the way the sort of pointed in one direction the, for the teacher, and the teacher happened to be on the other side of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of when I was in high school, or not high school, when I was in elementary school, they had, uh, it was when the first President Bush was president, and yep. that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger was his, like, fitness advisor or whatever. And so they had a presidential challenge. A oh, okay. fitness challenge with, and then it was a very similar with Arnold, you know, telling everybody to get uh, cool. in shape or something. So I don't know if they, if they were purposely kind of, cause there were a lot of sort of vintage eighties kind of callbacks in this movie. And so I wonder if that was a little bit, like they had some eighties music, they had some, you know, some different eighties elements and, yeah. and that you saw a little clip of, of Ferris Bueller. There was stuff like that. And I, so I, I kind of wondered maybe <coughs> if I, if that was also a little bit of a, a throwback to, to the presidential fitness challenge, but yeah, anyway, it was, it was really funny. And overall I enjoyed the humor. I know some people get annoyed with the humor in Marvel. They think they, they uh, are too sort of silly, but I always liked the, I always liked the humor. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't bother me personally. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I it mean, bothered it, me a, a little bit in Guardians uh, Volume Two, but for the most part, I like it. Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Really, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a good way of setting, and and it works with Spider Man because Spider Man's meant to be lighthearted by default anyway. Yeah. So having humor, it, it's not a, it's not an issue for Spider Man at all. Okay. 
Yeah, so let's talk about some of the other villains real quick. You had, uh, you had, I guess, light villains. This isn't really a villain, but you had Aaron Davis, uh, played by Donald Glover, and he's purchasing weapons from these guys. And you didn't really see as much of him as I thought. I think that that was one of those Marvel sort of, I think we'll be seeing more of him in future movies. Yeah. Uh, and so this was just sort of a little, <laughs> little taste. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was meant to be the, um, a Spider-Man villain called the Prowler. Okay. Where, um, maybe they'll introduce him later on in other movies. Cause they didn't actually, obviously he wasn't in costume. He wasn't in, you know, it wasn't called mm-hmm. the Prowler by name, but that's his characters went to be that. Although he did do an interesting call to, um, for Miles Morales. I wondered about that. Um, cause as he, his uncle was the prowler and, um, yeah. And there was reference to saying, oh, I have a nephew in Queens. Right. Um, so yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, oh, interesting. So, uh, cause yeah, it was surprising they didn't use, cause Donald Glover is such a personable actor, but that's interesting that he, he's a villain. I didn't know that. Because he's typically not, he typically doesn't play the villain, Donald Glover. So I, no. I didn't know, didn't know that. Yeah, because he's had um, previous Spider-Man experience as well. Um, he voiced um, Miles Morales in um, the Spider-Man cartoon they have at the moment. There's a, oh, there's a guest star. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's got that sort of Spider-Man connection as well. So. Well, and we get the Miles Morales animated film next year, so that should be fun. Yeah. Hopefully that will be good. Yeah. Um, So, and then you have the, there's two different shockers. Yeah. Uh, There's one that gets killed by Vulture pretty, pretty early on. Pretty early on, yeah. For being a smart aleck. And then uh, there's uh, the, uh, another one that's a a black character that uh, is sort of the second shocker. And... I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot with them. They were just kind of his his stooges. I felt like. Yeah, the, he was very much this to play the stooge kind of character. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the Prowler is himself. He he, can, he wouldn't be able to hold his own movie. He's very much just this blue collar kind of criminal with vibrational powers. Um, yeah, you know, just rob banks, things like that. Rob rob safes. So. Yeah, definitely not enough to hold his own movie. As a stooge, he probably works a lot better. So they go to DC, and this is where Peter uh, takes the tracking device out of his uh, suit, and he also, they figure out that he's been on training wheels. And that's when we first get to hear Karen is the voice of his suit. And yep. I think it was Jennifer Connelly is actually the voice. Uh did you like that or was it too much like Jarvis? Yeah, it was a bit much like Jarvis. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in two minds about it. I didn't like it to some, to when I first was introduced to it and then mm-hmm. I sort of warmed up to it a bit. Just, I think maybe just the way that they did Karen was quite well, well done. Um, but for Spider-Man, I feel like it, it starts feeling a bit too Iron Man-y. Mm-hmm. And having too much technology um, for Spider-Man, for my liking. But, right. I mean, it's not going to kill the movie for me by any Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I didn't. I didn't love that. Uh, 
that whole kind of part of it. I'd, I'd like him to have to make kind of more choices. And, and it, I felt like I, sometimes I was a little confused kind of what was going on and where they were at and stuff like that. But uh, so he ends up, there's this dramatic scene uh, at the Washington Mem- uh, Memorial, Washington Monument, where he, he, he saves Liz and he saves everybody from the uh, elevator. <clears throat> and that was one of the big sort of action set pieces of the movie. Did you think that was good? No, I enjoyed that. Um, it had the tension of the, the, the elevator falling and the, you know, there was, you know, he's short on time and he had to get in there quickly. It sort of had this tension to it. So yeah, I enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, you did? Yeah. I, the only thing that was a little weird was that all of a sudden being afraid of heights. Yeah. That was a little strange. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that. But other than that, it was, it was fun. Uh, and, and then we get pretty soon after we get, the this boat splitting the other big sort of set piece uh, was this boat splitting in half sequence and yeah did you like that um I liked the way that they did it like the, the the weaving weaving the webs together and everything I thought that was cool it did feel a bit of a retread though they feel like yeah. they did something like that in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Well, and in Spider-Man the, 2 with the train, yeah, with it the felt train a little bit well. similar to that. As well, yeah. Like, I would have rather them have an action scene where he's swinging as opposed yeah. to something more static like that on a boat. But, it, but it, yeah, yeah it, it was it was fine. I just yeah. wasn't my favorite. I, I, I prefer the memorial scene. No, uh, definitely, personally. yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's see. Keep going. We're almost here to see. Um, so after this scene, Tony makes him give up his suit and you get this line says, if you are nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Uh, what do you think? Did you like, I kind of like seeing Tony being the, <laughs> yeah, being the tough he was dad. Like, I, I like yeah, it. He, yeah. He was very much the, the father figure. Like I said earlier, he's the father figure of the, um, for the movie, he's the Uncle Ben, and that, that was his um, great power comes great responsibility line without having to say that for the third time. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he, in Iron Man 3, he's also sort of mentoring this kid, so who knows? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that he had, like, you know, takes away the suit and he's in that to replace it with his own made suit. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that Tom Holland was really good, and I thought that he did make some like a valid point. Like, why didn't you listen to me? And and and, and then t- Tony says, "I did listen to you," but it's, it's sort of like it doesn't matter if you listen to somebody if you don't tell them that you listened to them. Yeah, <laughs> like, like Peter has a valid point. Like, how is he supposed to read Tony's mind and know that there are all those people were you know there was all those feds there on the boat and everything like that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's just for story, like for storytelling to move the story forward more than for logic's sake, I guess. <laughs> but I thought it was a good, actually, a good, uh, well-written. I thought the script was actually really solid in this movie. Uh, yeah, I thought same. it was, especially considering there were like six different writers and you have two different studios. Considering all of that, I think they did a pretty darn good job with the script. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes these kind of things, yeah, that when that happens, it just uh, it becomes a bit of a toilet. Exactly. You know, you get, yeah, it becomes a mixing pot of um, bad ideas and, and yeah. rewrites and reshoots. Like, I mean, if you look at Batman vs Superman, but when 
or well, I guess maybe Suicide Squad's a better. Oh yeah, when, which went through like a rigorous um, reshoots after Batman vs Superman's um, response, right? And how that turned out instead, where the ending was horrible for that. Yeah, that's a good, good example, a good comparison. And but it felt like an argument that these two characters would actually have, and it felt sort of natural. And I could see both people's perspectives, so I liked it. Um, okay, so then we get the homecoming dance. And this is the big moment where you get this big reveal that Liz's dad is the vulture. And I would have had a lot more (laughs) of a surprise with this reveal if the trailer hadn't kind of made it obvious that the girlfriend's dad was going to be vulture. I I knew for sure that, or I was 99% sure that that was going to happen. And so it wasn't that surprising to me. He's very good and very chilling, you know, especially in the car when he's like, uh, Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) He's good, but darn it all. Sony. uh, Well, see, that was a surprise for me because I had only seen the first trailer and then I often I'd watch the first trailer. And then unless I see it in the cinemas, I don't um, see any of the other trailers. So, because I I try and go in clean as possible for these kind of movies. Lucky, yeah. Shit, so that's it was a surprise for me. So I guess it's one of those things. It's uh, where marketing um, ruins the mo- can ruin the movie, even if it's a small bit. Yeah, it was just it's it it just wasn't as shocking as I think it was for a lot of other people. But yeah. anyway, he's sort of this doting dad, uh, and he doesn't realize at first who Peter is, but then quickly kind of catches on. And so you get this back and forth between them. And of course, Peter realizes it immediately who he is, of course. And uh, oh, so that yeah. was, I thought, a really effective. And, and Peter has to leave the dance right away to go and try to, uh, to stop. To stop him, yeah. Because he knows that the vulture is going to be uh, going out of town, is what he says. Uh, and so anyway, he goes and follows him. And, uh, so that was good. And I, I did, it, it annoyed me a little bit. Another critique I mentioned in my review is that Sony is notorious for the worst product placement of any. Company. Oh yeah. And you saw it throughout, like he's eating Doritos. There's, there's just lots of, of product placement, but man, that Audi, that Audi product placement was so unneeded. I mean, you have a, you have a story about a 15 year old and you have to somehow wedge in this, this car chase scene, you know, where you get to see yeah. the Audi like right up front. Oh yeah. <laughs> that annoyed me. And, uh, and then there's literally a scene where happy is like, look how f-, I mean, he says something like, look how fast we're going or look at that. And you see, like, if the focus of the Audi screen, you know, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, that annoyed me. It's a nitpick, but that annoyed me a little oh, bit. Yeah, that, yeah, it takes you out of the movie sometimes, too. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. and Sony is, like I said, they are the worst at that. Uh, the Maze of Spider Man movies had a lot, but the worst examples ever are the Smurfs movies. Those are just oh, the really? worst. Oh, What kind of product placement do they have? Oh, my gosh. Every single scene, literally every shot in that movie, there's some kind of Sony product. Sony, like whether the Smurf is like sitting on a Sony laptop or there'll be like a sub, there'll be like a bus 
sign that says Sony or they'll be <laughs> it's oh, really no. bad. It's so bad. Anyway, that's another thing. Um, so that annoyed me a little bit, but um, we get to moving, then we get to moving day where they're moving all this stuff out of the Avengers tower to upstate New York. And uh, they are, and Vulture is planning this heist of this plane. So I guess that's the third major action set piece of yeah. the movie is uh, at first uh, he Vulture uh, makes the warehouse fall in onto yeah. Peter and he has to like summon all the strength. Which I thought was actually a pretty good, pretty good moment. I thought Tom Holland was good in that moment. And, and then there's this whole scene uh, with this plane. Oh yeah, so the definitely the when he's been crushed by all the um, the concrete, that's sort of a direct um, homage to a um, classic story from the '60s as well. Okay. So I know which I found could if this be my destiny, where Spider-Man is crushed and he has to summon his strength in a similar kind of manner mm. um, to get out. Um, so I was like, oh my god, that's that bit. Um, <laughs> so I was quite happy with that, and yeah, and, and the fact that it was like crushing him instead of actually doing a sort of a direct fight what I thought was quite clever in terms of um, it's a quick way to get rid of a character, you know, a, a, a hero um, without having your hands dirty as well. And it's an easy way to escape as well. And so it's because he obviously got somewhere to be, so he can't, he can't be wasting his time, you know, wasting his time fighting fighting someone so he wants to get it done quickly so he can go go get that big score mm. and so having him the plane the plane scene was quite interesting in terms of it was a different way of doing some action where you're hanging off the uh hanging off the plane and yeah mm. it was cool yeah i agree <laughs> that was fun <laughs> uh it was a little hard sometimes in that plane scene to sometimes to see, to tell what was going on is because it was so dark uh, it was yeah. a little, and the way it was sort of filmed was a little bit jerky. And, and, uh, so it, it, that was be my only sort of flaw with it is, is, uh, sometimes it was a little tricky to kind of figure out what was going on. But, um, then, uh, let's see here. So, um, so this was interesting. So Peter tells Ned that I'm so beyond high school life right now. And so, I fully expected him to accept Tony's offer at the end. Tony says, you know, you can come here, you can, you can live here, you can be an official Avenger. And, uh, and so I don't know. I was surprised that he said no. Yeah. Um, yes. And no, I mean, as a teenager, you, you very much get that at some stage in your schooling life of, I'm so over high school. Yeah, I just want to move on, mm-hmm. do you know more exciting things with my life. So I can understand that, but I guess it's there's the way of showing maturity, and there was obviously through dealing with the vulture, where he sort of learned that maturity. So, and yeah, because I, I wasn't sure if he was going to accept it or not, but I'm glad he didn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was it also kept Spider Man separate enough, um, so he's not just you know another Avenger kind of deal. And he, so he can sit back in New York and deal with his own villains. And obviously he will be in Infinity War, but 
it's still very much, it feels more like Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine he's in, I don't think, I, I'm a little, are you nervous at all for Infinity War? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. It, I, I mean, feel like it's going to be everything like, in the kitchen sink. Yeah, there's seriously like 50 characters. All of Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got everybody in Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Thor, Hulk, all the rest of the Avengers, like, there's a lot of characters in this movie. Yeah, um, there, there is. I don't know where they're going to go with that in terms of if they're going to, there's going to be a couple um, cameos or they're going to do the Batman vs. Superman that's going to show up on screen maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I trust them because it, they it, made it, Civil War and it was really good. So, uh, And they made Winter Soldier. Be, I mean, it could be just a matter of spinning too many plates for him now. Who knows? I know. Uh, and then they've got Spider-Man. I mean, this is a lot of characters. And I also am slightly nervous about Thanos because I really hated Apocalypse and X-Men Apocalypse. I just... Yeah. And for some reason, I get the feeling that they're kind of similar, Apocalypse and Thanos. They yeah, I mean... They kind of similar. They're in. They're very much in that same kind of villain kind of warehouse of like you know big powerful kind of deal. You know, domination is their main game. I guess it just depends on how what they you know beyond that what they do with them. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Anyway, we'll see. We'll have that to look forward to. Uh, we can podcast about that. Uh, and and we do get the MJ reveal then at the end. I uh, find out that she tells the. The team, uh, and there, there's one plot hole in here is that, yep. like, supposedly you get the impression that, like, Liz has been in their school for a long time, right? This is not yep. just like moved in. And so he had to have come across her father. Well, <laughs> one of these, right? Well, I mean, he was just looking at it from afar, though, you know, and um, a lot of the time. So maybe she just didn't, he didn't have that much of a, he didn't go to the parties or anything like that, you know. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, he gets the offer and then we get the post credit scene. The first post credit scene, I didn't really understand it. You have this guy with a scar, and he says, "I've got friends who would like to meet him." And that's and uh, do we know who that guy with the scar is? So he was on the boat. He was the one the guy doing the deal on the boat on the oh, ferry. Oh, okay. Um, so and he obviously got arrested by the FBI, and that's why he's in jail, and how they know each other. Oh, but okay. he he will go on to be the Scorpion, so he'll probably be a villain in the next movie oh. as the Scorpion which is a villain that, just like the name, is a guy in a big green exoskeleton kind of suit with a big scorpion tail, pretty much. Oh, dear. It's very much a product of the 60s, so we'll see how he translates into film because I feel like that's even more ridiculous than a guy in a bird suit. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know how that'll work, but I guess if they yeah. can make an octopus man good, they can make a scorpion yeah. man good, so... Um, okay, and then the last one was just Captain America telling people to about patience, and and this was definitely an homage to Ferris Bueller because in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, there's a famous post credit scene where uh, he says yep. he's like, 
go home. Bye. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. And so, yeah, so yeah. that was the movie. The, that, that, that credit scene did very much like there's a lot of John Hughes kind of references throughout the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently I looked up on IMDb, apparently part of the, the um, in the making of it, all the actors were forced or made to watch a lot of John Hughes movies. There, so it it makes sense that there'd be all these John Hughes references throughout. Yeah, yeah, I I liked the sort of high school John Hughes element. Sometimes I feel like his name is sort of thrown around, maybe a little too, <laughs> like because he he was such a good writer. He wasn't just sort yeah. of a high school guy. Like he was actually a really good writer whose characters happened to be in high school frequently. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote Home Alone. He wrote uh, a lot of great scripts and, and directed some. And so, you know, he did where she's having a baby. Like, he had other characters. He was just a really good writer. And uh, and so I, I, I think uh, they did a good job, I think, playing homage to some of his classic high school films. And no, I definitely appre- yeah. appreciated that. And it was just, it was something fresh. It was something different. I think if I was in high school, I would love this movie. I would oh, absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It speaks to the, the young, young people very much. And I guess they're the future Spider-Man fans. They're the ones that are going to see, they're going to see this movie in droves. Well, and I loved anything when I was that age that sort of was about a character that, kind of was independent and could sort of make up their own mind and do their own things and wasn't, I don't know. I really responded to those kind of characters. And so I would have really liked this character. I I would have loved him as well. Yeah. I I really loved the Tobey Maguire character back then because he was sort of the loser. Yeah. Yeah, so that sort of spoke to me back in this. And this this will probably speak to a lot of uh, nerdier, nerdy people, uh, nerdy kids, teenagers as well mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I mean, sadly, when I was in high school, the the only comic book movies I were um, Batman Forever. Was, oh, was, no. I was in high school. <laughs> Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good time. So <laughs> severe movies, but... I really responded to, to independent type characters. So, all right. Well, so that's basically, was there any other part that you want to talk about? No, that's that's good for me, I reckon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, if you were to say between like one to 10, what would you give this film? I'd probably give it an 8.5, maybe 8.75. Okay. I'd probably give it a 7.5. Uh, it's a little lower, but still solid recommendation, I would say. So, I mean, I had a smile. I had a smile on my uh, face throughout the whole movie. So that's yeah. So I really yeah. That's how I could tell if I really enjoy something. There's a smile on my face the whole way through. Right, definitely. So okay. Uh, so where can people find you? So you can find me at uh, hadlovecomics.com where I have all kinds of articles. I got some on Spider Man. If people are interested in reading Spider Man. Uh, my latest one is uh, all about the a, a classic story called the, the the commuter cometh, which they did reference in Spider-Man: Homecoming as well. So, if you're interested in the sort of the more suburban um, aspects that they had in the movie, 
and uh, The Misadventures of Spider-Man in Suburbia. Go check it out. I've also got one about um, a more general one about the 14 Spider-Man stories you should read if you're looking for a bit more um, other Spider-Man stories as well. Cool. You can also find me on uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash howtolovecomics um, and twitter.com you know, slash howtolovecomics. Uh, feel, uh, feel free to tweet me if you want to uh, talk about uh, anything about comics or if you have any questions or anything like that. Happy to answer any questions. Sweet. Yeah, and I'll have all those links down in the description section. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on all social media. And tomorrow, I'm actually going to be having the final rounds of our superhero tournament. We just did finish the Twitter version. And now David and Larry and Chris are going to be joining me to, uh, to hash out their version of the superhero mm-hmm. tournament. So Spider-Man Homecoming won't be on there, but... Uh, there, well, it'll be fun. So that's something to look forward to. And then next week is going to be different on my channel because I'm going to be going to D23 on, yeah, on Thursday, really excited. So I'm going to have, I won't have my normal, uh, like family movie night and stuff like that uh, next week because of, uh, because I'll be doing updates and different things like that, uh, from the, from the convention. So it should be pretty fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. So. All right. I hope maybe we'll even get some uh, some Marvel news. I'm sure at the live action panel, we'll probably find out some about Black Panther. And oh maybe yeah, or we'll, we'll maybe some Thor Ragnarok as well, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks so much, and uh, we'll no talk worries. again soon. Yeah. See ya.